0: There once was a man who loved. Those who dared to look into his eyes risked being loved beyond effort, beyond shame, beyond pride, beyond fear. This was good news for those who had nothing to prove in this world. But such love also threatened to dismantle the tiny kingdoms of others kingdoms of religious superiority or blind privilege or identities formed on resentment and defensiveness. Those who could take in such love were transformed. They felt their true selves rising to the surface of the circumstances of their lives. Their souls let go of the limitations of their ego to love the world without restraint. Just a taste of this love, and you were ruined for lesser loves. It would echo in your heart, your mind, and your body forever. Just as the man who loved created communities around him, so did his followers. After all, true love does not exclude or push away. It is always including always building bridges, always setting more places at the table, always transcending the false barriers that we have constructed. After the man who loved had gone away, communities continued to rise around the world in Jerusalem, in Judea, and to the ends of the earth. They were communities formed by a vision of love that could transform and release the power of love into the world. Let us pray. Oh God, we stand here in this long line of communities of those who have loved this world in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that this morning as we listen to your word within us, your word within scripture, your word between us, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're a base camp building a more loving world. This is the second week that we're exploring our new mission statement. We started last week by talking about what a base camp is. And in my conversation with, I uh, told you last week, in my conversation with Gordon Wiltsey, who has been in many base camps around the world in some of the most extreme circumstances, he said that, that no expedition is possible without a base camp. Nothing We want to do that as big and difficult in the world as possible without that place to come back and to rest and to be refueled and to eat and to connect and to strategize, to consider and watch. We need those places in our lives. And so, as we have looked at who we want to be and continue to be here at Valley Presbyterian Church, this image of base camp really resonated with us. But the question of no big expedition is possible without a base camp brings us to the question of, well, what expeditions are we on? What are we looking to do? And as a group of us were wrestling with the various words, we thought, well, you know, are we an expedition to the Silicon Valley in general? Are we an expedition to East Africa? Are we an expedition to Kash, Mexico? Where, what, how do we get more specific? And is, should we be more specific in terms of where we want to go together? And the more we talked, we, we felt like actually to... To say something very general like building a more loving world was about as as good as we could get because we um, anticipate and expect not only that we are doing things together as a community, but also that each of you are doing things in your lives that we could never imagine or never include in a mission statement that would be so specific. I could never imagine for instance that that Craig Cornelius would feel called in his work to work with indigenous peoples languages and put them on Google. That that I can't imagine how to include that in a mission statement beyond building a more loving world. I can't Im- imagine even you know the the dream and the hope that came from Carol Thompson to start all 5 in East Menlo Park, this wonderful, happy preschool that's, that's educating and loving on children every week. I couldn't have imagined um, that, that Bob Barrett would be teaching classes on civil discourse around locally and, and living out his passion to help us learn how to talk and converse in our world. So So whether it is uh, maybe sitting with homeless folks like Darlene has been doing in San Jose, whether it is teaching in a classroom in Stanford, whether it's shoeing horses, I had to put that in there, because um, <laughs> that one's special to me, uh, or going to medical school, or investing money with, with t- m- wisdom and skill, whatever that is, however that is looking in your life, We hope that it is a part of building a more loving world. And we feel that that our job, all of our job together, is to help each other in those expeditions, wherever they are, whether they're individual or whether they're all of us together. And this text that we've read for two weeks in a row from Ephesians 4, grounds us in what that is, what the role of the church is, that, that when we come together and, and in this place and in our life together, we are growing in maturity, that we are getting grounded in God's love, that we are becoming more like Jesus, so that, so that as we're out in the world, we're not tossed to and fro. So that as we come up with conflicts and barriers and, and things that, that seem difficult in our individual callings in the world, we're, we know where to go back to. We know how to go back to God and remember that we are loved. We remember that core, core great commandment. To love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And so, so at, together as a community we become this place where, where it's a seamless transition between who we are as lovers of God is also who we are as lovers of this world. And lovers of our neighbor. And so in the coming... Um, months as as we continue to think about this mission statement and what it means for us we'll be asking ourselves that question what can we both do together to build a more loving world and also how can we become those people that are builders of a more loving world in our individual lives gordon also told me a goal is the only reason to have a base camp so this is our goal a big goal, a goal that is as big as each of our lives, a goal that is even bigger because God has promised to do more than we can ask or imagine through, uh, through us. Even though we were, are at this unprecedented time in our history, things that, that the writers of these scriptures could have never imagined, things like the internet and, and little computers in our hands and cars that carry us all over and the technology that we are constantly surrounded with. We wanna come back to more and more and more this ancient command to love God and love our world. This has been the conversation of the church from its very beginning. This has been its very seminal call. I love the story that Diana Butler Bass tells uh, in one of her books about the church um, in between 165 and 180 in the common era or after Christ. And uh, there was a plague, the plague of Galen that hit. It was an ancient pandemic. This plague was brought from Asia by Roman soldiers who had been on tour in Asia, and it killed an estimated five million people over time. And when the plague began to sweep through cities and villages, most people left and fleed in fear for their own lives. But Diana Butler Bass tells the story of the Christians who were known to stay. The Christians were the ones who, who stayed behind and continued to tend to the sick. The Christians were the ones who had the courage to be in that place without fear of death. And they did not fear death because they were grounded in the love of God. They knew that nothing could separate them from that love, and they knew that their calling was to love their neighbors as themselves. We must say with Teilhard de Chardin, I can and I must throw myself into the thick of the human endeavor and with no stopping for breath. I can and I must throw myself into the thick of the human endeavor. When we are grounded and we are rooted in God's love, it pushes us out to love others in their world. It pushes us to be more creative, to see how we can build love into each situation we are in once was a man who loved. Those who dared to look into his eyes risked being loved beyond effort, beyond shame, beyond pride, beyond fear. This was good news for those who had nothing to prove in this world. But such love also threatened to dismantle the tiny kingdoms of others. Kingdoms of religious superiority or blind privilege or identities formed on resentment and defensiveness. Those who could take in such love were transformed. They felt their true selves rising to the surface of the circumstances of their lives. Their souls let go of the limitations of ego to love the world without restraint. Just a taste of this love and you were ruined forever for lesser loves. It would echo in your heart, and your mind, and your body, forever. Just as the man who loved created communities around him, so did his followers. After all, true love does not exclude or push away. It is always including, always building bridges, always setting more places at the table, always transcending the barriers that have been constructed. After the man who loved had gone away, communities continued to arise around the world in Jerusalem, Judea, and the ends of the earth. They were communities formed by a vision of love that could transform and release the power of love in the world. This love released into the world is what we call the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the difficult but joyful and fulfilling task of building a more loving world, restoring what is broken, planting seeds of goodness that can grow into a full crop, sprinkling yeast at the right time so that multitudes can be fed, and adding salt to enhance the flavors of God in the world. So I invite you to turn to hymn number seven.